Hello and welcome to Babelfish, the podcast where humanists, freethinkers and atheists share their life stories. The podcast where non-believers from all over the world share the challenges and the risks they face. You can support Babelfish by becoming a patron. Do it on patreon.com or the Danish equivalent tenor.dk. You'll find the links in the episode description. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. In today's episode, I'll look back on my experiences from uh, season one. And uh, I will also say a bit about what you can expect from the episodes in uh, season two. So this time there's no interviews. It will only be me talking. uh, And I hope that's fine by you. In season one, I visited seven countries in eastern and southern Africa during the winter of 2018 and 19. While traveling, I interviewed 30 non-believers in Uganda, Rwanda, Kenya, Tanzania, Malawi, Botswana and South Africa. And what did I learn? I learned that non-believers in Africa are stigmatized and discriminated in some countries more than others. In all countries, the majority of the population is conservative Christians. It's a Christianity which is very different from the Danish Christianity. It's a Christianity that's intertwined with belief in witchcraft. And uh, they consider non-believers to be bad people without ethics and morals. They even call non-believers for Satan worshippers. So, um, first of all, non-believers need to prove that they are not bad people and Satanists. They have to prove that they are good people with morals and also good people who do humanitarian work. The societies in the countries I visited are extremely religious, which is in contradiction to their constitutions, because their constitutions are fairly modern. They are secular and based on human rights, which means on paper everybody is equal and have equal rights. But in most of the countries I've visited, tribal culture and religion is dominating everything. It's dominating your community, it's dominating your family, it's dominating your career. So overall it's dominating everything you do and everyday life. Most of the non-believers I met knew from a very early age that they didn't believe in any god or they had severe doubts in believing the dogmas of their religion. But it was not okay to ask critical questions regarding religion. So many of them have felt very alone and isolated growing up. On top of this, they risk getting shunned from their families. They risk losing their connection to their community. They might risk losing their jobs. In some cases, they might risk violent reactions. So what made them all come out of the closet, so to speak? as non-believers. They all have pretty much the same in common, which is education. Uh, It's education beyond primary school. All of them went to university. For many of them, university was where they for the first time got training in critical thinking. They learned the scientific approach and suddenly had access to knowledge. They suddenly had access to books regarding science, human rights, atheism, humanism. A whole new world opened. It was also the first time they might meet like-minded people. They found a place where they belonged. They found or created a community 
where they can be open about who they are and what they believe. Because, let's face it, everybody wants to be part of a community and a family and feel they belong. A community where you feel loved and accepted for who you are. Many of them then had the courage to be openly non-believers and define themselves as humanists, atheists or freethinkers. Some have been shunned by their family. Friends have disappeared. Some have lost their jobs. Some have not. There are still many closeted non-believers. They don't dare to come out. They are too afraid of the consequences. That's why it's important for humanist organizations to create safe spaces for non-believers. The internet and social media has done a lot of good for all non-believers. First of all, the internet has given access to knowledge to millions of people around the world. Before the internet, many people didn't have access to books, which means they didn't have access to knowledge. Now you can find books on science, human rights and atheism online. Uh, you can even get access to the authors of those books. You can discuss with like-minded people online. Communities for non-believers are also formed online. This is communities where non-believers can be anonymous, which makes many of them feel very safe. So if you are a non-believer in a small village, you can now communicate with non-believers around the world. They can get support, they no longer have to feel alone in the world. And maybe someday, all of them, or maybe just some of them, will get the courage to come out of the closet. I've met some amazing people on my journey. Besides being some of the most friendly, fun and nice people I have ever met, they are also determined in creating safe spaces, in creating communities for non-believers. They are determined in fighting for human rights for everybody. I think they're brave, and I look forward to meet many more on my travels around the world. In the next season, I will be sharing interviews from my travels in Europe and Western Africa in the spring and early summer of 2019. I have had some holidays in Europe, and then I used the opportunity to talk to some non-believers in Portugal and London. I also participated in the General Assemblies for the Humanist International and the European Humanist Federation, which was held in Reykjavik on Iceland. Here, non-believers from all over the world got together to network, to share challenges, to share experiences and good ideas. And, of course, I used the opportunity to talk to the Icelandic humanists. Um, in the early summer, I visited Ghana and met up with the humanists in Accra. Overall, I did 11 interviews for season 2 while traveling. And then there are the countries I cannot visit. Even though I originally planned I wanted to visit all countries with Humanist International member organizations, it is sometimes not possible. There might be a war in the country, there might be some security issues, um, and there might be risk for human rights defenders visiting some countries. Some of the countries I couldn't visit for season 1 was Congo, Burundi and Zimbabwe. And for season two, I couldn't visit Nigeria. But instead, I've done two interviews with non-believers in Nigeria over Skype. I also had the idea I wanted to cover the Middle East this summer and visit Iran. I had to skip visiting Iran, even though tourists can visit. It would be too risky for me, as a humanist, to visit the country. But I managed to get in touch with a non-believer, and I have an interview with him later in season two. This means season 2 will be 14 episodes, 
I'll hope you'll listen in. Thank you for listening. Remember you can support Babelfish by becoming a patron. You can also follow Babelfish on Facebook and on Instagram. You'll find the links in the episode description. Until next time, be a happy human.